Today, we have an amazing, amazing talk ahead of us. Um, it's been a really, really fascinating time that I've had with you guys here in this podcast, the Soul Sanctuary podcast, where we talk about a lot of things that many of us struggle through. Um, many of us have these questions, these struggles, and we don't quite know what to do, how to handle it. Um, uh, we, we often feel very alone, to be honest, uh, no matter how many friends you have, we have a tendency to feel very alone in our journey. And when we come across other souls, other people who resonate with us, oh my gosh, the relief that we feel, the relief of finally coming across a person that it just feels right at first. <laughs> it feels right. It feels like they know us. It feels like we've known each other for forever. Just some really beautiful sentiments. And, you know, does it always stay that way? Is it something we did that makes things kind of go wonky? Or is this simply a soul connection that needed to be explored? So today, the topic we're having for today's podcast, episode four of the Soul Sanctuary podcast, is soul connections. How many of you have experienced a soul connection that was just undeniable? It was something that felt so amazing. It felt like we finally found home in someone else. We found someone who understands us. We found someone who we think is never going to leave our side. Now, what I was talking about at the very beginning was this sense of starving for a depth of connection this sense of like feeling so alone in the world that just really no one understands. And again, when we come across people we have a soul connection with, oh my goodness, the history that our souls have with each other. My gosh, it becomes this thing of like, this person is now my world. You are my world. You are my home. I'm putting everything into you. Um, you're never going to leave me. We belong together. You know, and, and it might even just be a friend. You know what I mean? It might not even be someone who you're romantic with or romantic, romantically interested in. How do we navigate this? Well, first, we have to figure out what type of connection is this? Are you guys aware there are different types of soul connections. So many of us are already so painfully aware of the whole twin flame connection thing, right? What do you guys think a twin flame is? 
what what is that is that someone that we're supposed to be in a relationship with you know we're, we're supposed to be forever in love <laughs> i just I, I have to like nervously giggle because so many people feel that about twin flames and you know it's just one of those things it's just one of those things i you know um let me just rewind really quick. I completely forgot to mention, uh, we have the Patreon membership up and running at this point. If you guys want to come and join, we have different tiers of membership available. Um, for all of our Patreon members who select the initiate tier or higher, you will be receiving free access to my 222 sound bath meditation event. If you've ever been to one of my sound baths, you know it's amazing. I also have tickets available. They're only $22 uh, if, if you don't want to do the Patreon thing or if it's not something feasible right now. But definitely check it out. All of this info is in the pinned comment at the top of your screen. Okay? Just wanted to mention that. Completely forgot about it. So going back to the whole twin flame thing, right? Just take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a deep breath. What is a twin flame? Well, well, some people believe that a twin flame connection, a twin flame soul connection is this thing where um, you're supposed to be in a romantic relationship together. Um, there's no one else that's going to be able to love you the way your twin loves you. And, you know, it's going to be perfect because it, it's your destiny. <laughs> what often happens with a twin flame connection is that it becomes very, very difficult. It's a type of soul connection that challenges you in ways no other soul connection can challenge you. So let's leave. I, I'm getting all sorts of... <laughs> Let's leave the twin flame conversation for later, okay? I um I I, I think I would prefer talking about all the different types of twin uh, not twin, but soul connections, all the other types first. First. So as I talk about the different types, I definitely want you to think about the people in your life, the ones who like mean so much to you, the ones that you are super invested in. The ones that you you totally would bleed for, you know what I mean? I, that that sounds super dramatic, but let, the reality is, the reality is, there are some people in our life who who hold that type of gravity, where we, we would willingly suffer for them, willingly suffer for them. Is it worth it though? Mm -hmm. So let's start with soul ties, okay? Soul ties are people who come into our lives. Um, and it's, it's something where it's like, you guys bond really, really fast. You guys become either like close friends. Soul ties often are people who you have like, uh, romantic connections with, like it's a very, very fast type of bond. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's like a, a casual intimate setting. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, these are Oftentimes people who, you know, you'll, you'll have casual sexual encounters with. 
Now, what starts off is really amazing and like, oh my gosh, I have butterflies. I, I feel them all in my juju. <laughs> um, it becomes very toxic very quick. Very toxic, very, very quick. They begin to, or you begin to, um, violate boundaries. Um, there's no such thing as boundaries for this type of soul connection. Okay. This is someone who very quickly wants to take ownership of you. You are not to be shared with other people. You belong to me. Um, you know, and they'll use different terms to try and coerce you into believing what they believe, which is they now own you. Okay. This is someone who, even after you cut them off, oh my goodness, they are going to insist. These are people who, 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 who say they're my twin flame. Oh my gosh. No, they won't leave you alone. Uh, these are people who often become stalkers. Oh, let me just catch my breath, sip some coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remind myself not to behave like a pirate today. <laughs> this is the non-ratchet day. So we're trying to remain in a stable emotion today. So yes, soul tie people. Oh my goodness, this, this composes a large percentage of those who have bought into that twin flame narrative. Okay. Yikes. 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 Are you guilty of this? Doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you unaware. Okay. I don't want you to feel badly. I don't want you to feel ashamed. When you become aware now we can hold you accountable. If you weren't aware yet, now you are. And because you're aware now about soul ties, now you have to hold yourself to a higher degree of accountability, a higher degree of social responsibility. Just really making sure if someone else is pursuing you and, you know, they don't like the fact that you're not entertaining their interest. You have to be careful with that. Soul ties become extremely toxic, extremely fast. Okay. Extremely fast. Um, here's a question from Leanne. Would you say these soul tie people are there to learn lessons from us? I would say that um, anyone that you come into contact with, that both of you have the opportunity to learn something from each other. I, I don't feel like anything is ever just one way where it's only one person, one soul that's benefiting from the interaction. I, even after I've said that, <laughs> I will add that oftentimes when you have two souls facing each other, learning from each other, oftentimes only one will be aware of the learning. The other will be so focused and so just drenched in ego-based insecurities that they won't be willing or able to acknowledge, much less learn from what, whatever lessons they're facing with you. And again, you guys, I want to make sure I'm very, very clear. This has nothing to do with identifying people as bad people, good people. 
that that's just so unnecessary. You know, um, the only time I want to identify someone or label them is whether they're toxic for me personally or not. And that's an important thing to do when you're dealing with soul connections. If you are toxic for me, then that tells me you are helping me to identify areas within myself that still harbors toxicity. And so I'm going to need to walk away from you and begin addressing these areas that you've triggered within me. Now, if someone's not toxic, I mean, they can still do uh, rude things, hurtful things, but are they toxic to me? If no, then I need to kind of just assess like, okay, I'm going to pay attention <laughs> and I'm going to figure out when it's time to walk away. If, is it just my ego being triggered? You know what I mean? Um, am I triggered by you simply because you represent the growth that I'm afraid to allow? You know, that's not toxic. That's something where, okay, this is my own little issue here. <laughs> I'm going to need to address myself first. I don't need to project it all out on you, right? Um, so soul ties, eh, eh. <laughs> soul ties are just, that's a large majority of the people who have identified someone as their twin, okay? If you cannot let them go, if you've identified them as a twin and, um, and you're just like really, really convinced they're your twin, right? Therefore, you guys belong together. Like you have to be together and you don't know why. They're just being so stubborn. They're just refusing to see the truth as you think it is. Um, it's most likely a soul tie. It's most likely a soul tie. At which point, you know, it might be time to reassess whether or not it's time to walk away, time to let it go. Because soul ties are just as intense, except they have more than just a sprinkling of toxicity. Soul ties have, have a big cup full, <laughs> a big cup full mixed well. Um, so be careful with that, okay? A lot of narcissistic connections are soul ties. A lot of narcissistic connections are soul ties. Going back to the whole twin flame thing yet again, uh, a lot of the falsely identified twin connections are indeed soul ties with narcissistic tendencies, okay? With a, a narcissistic type of dynamic where one is constantly the, the giver because if you don't give and accommodate, they're going to run because remember the whole story of the twin flame runner, right? Um, we have to just pause. Excuse me. Allow yourself to reassess where you are within yourself. And if this is really resonating with you, if it is, don't feel like you, you're, you know, less than smart. No, this is how we learn through life experience. We learn after we experience things with other people. So the next type of soul connection is a soul partner. Soul partners are amazing. <laughs> soul partners, sometimes they're referred to as soulmates. Um, this is the most common. Uh, I, I would say it's the most common type of connection that you'll find with other people. Um, these are people who agreed before you guys were even born these are people who agreed to connect with you at some point in this life and help support you, encourage you, um, 
they hold space for you. These are the people who are the sanctuary for your heart, for your tired soul. You can have quite a few soul partners in this lifetime, like quite a few. Uh, and, and these are people who can and will do anything and everything in their power to make sure that you're okay. These are the people who are like the best friend of your soul, okay? If you know a person in your life that is a soul partner, it could be a best friend, it could be um, a romantic relationship, cherish those people. Cherish them deeply. They would not intentionally try and hurt or harm you. This is something where, you know what, you might irritate them, but, you know, they're not going to harm you just because they can. They're not going to try and get over on you just because they can. Um, uh, here's a question from Annie. Is soul tie equivalent to karmic soulmate in your opinion? No. <laughs> no, I don't believe a soul tie is equivalent to a karmic soulmate. Um, I will talk about karmic connections as well. I believe they're different. Soul ties can establish, can be the very thing that establishes a new karmic connection in this lifetime. That could be the thing. Um, it's more common for us to revisit lessons with the karmic connections in this lifetime, simply because this is the lifetime that we're all being given the opportunity to clear as much of that karmic load as possible. Clearly, the world is changing. The human consciousness is changing. And what's happening is, as we change, we become much more able, much more prepared to begin really addressing the deeply rooted things. That's because our souls are being given the opportunity to reconnect with previous connections and then clear them out, you know? So um, next would be, next type of soul connection are the soul group, soul family. You guys are my soul group. This is a group of souls that decide to come together. Um, they decide before everyone is born, obviously. They decide to come together. Um, and they, they usually come from the same cluster of fractals, divine fractals. They usually have a very similar type of soul purpose. They usually go through a very, very similar soul lessons um, at around the same time, okay? These are people who you'll resonate with and feel very close to. Um, it's typically like a platonic type of love, just a very deep, deep, like, I have so much gratitude for your presence in my life. Soul groups, soul families, they are extremely protective of each other, extremely protective of each other. They could never just sit there and, and watch someone even just be disrespectful to you. Um, if they see that, like it's very difficult for them to stay quiet on it. Um, they want to say something, but sometimes they won't. If they know that you, you prefer to deal with things on your own, um, they won't interfere. This is just like a really respectful, really loving, very balanced type of connection. Absolutely, Universal D, this is us. <laughs> 
This is us. That's why I have such a deep respect, appreciation, and love for you guys. This is like literally us. You know what I mean? Soul groups can be very large or it can be very small. It just depends what the souls have agreed to do in this lifetime. And again, they usually have a very, very similar type of, of, of I'm sorry, type of objective in this life. Very similar types of soul purpose and learning trajectory. So with soul group, soul family, so long as you continue to try and, um, you know, intentionally create this with people who are not part of your soul group, you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to have a lot of problems with each other. There's going to be a lot of fighting, a lot of competition, um, just a lot of everything that is so unnecessary. There's no, um, there's no ease with that connection. Like if you guys see the way we all connect together on the Emmy Evolving channel here in the Soul Sanctuary, even on Facebook, the Soul Sanctuary private group. Oh my goodness. It's just so like, it feels like home. You feel safe. The things that you could never say in front of other people because they'll judge you, they'll condemn you, all of these really horrible feeling things. Um, it's like with your soul group, your soul family, you know, you really could literally just be yourself. And it's no biggie. Even if it's something weird, you know that they just be like, oh, you're just being you. It's no biggie. No biggie. You know, how many of you feel that way in this group? How many of you get a sense of like all the things that you can't be even in front of your biological family? You could be here. You could speak your mind here. Like we're literally all equals here. You know, it's a sense of um, soul safety where you can allow yourself to be as vulnerable as you're afraid to be. And it's still okay because it is. This is your soul family. It's okay. So the next type of soul connection, this <laughs> karmic, karmic soul connection. Um, these connections are painful. They're painful, like unnecessarily painful. Mm. Unnecessarily painful. These are people who you are drawn to pretty quickly, very similar to the soul type. And, um, it's all good until you guys begin to get really comfortable with each other. And then you begin to really see who each other is. This has a tendency to be um, one that will help you to learn tremendously, but is often helping you to learn in a very negative manner. Uh, a lot of uh, adversity, a lot of challenge, struggle. These are people you have a tendency to have a past life history with. Um, and that past life history, the, the reason it's called a karmic connection Karma is a miasmic distortion. Miasma, our frozen light code. I've made the analogy before where it's like, say you're taking an online course, okay? You're taking a class online and the lecture hall is recorded. So 
you just got home from work, you're tired and you're watching the video because you have to get the work done. Someone knocks on the door. Okay, now you're going to pause the video, right? You're going to pause it so you don't miss anything important. You're going to go answer the door and then maybe now you're hungry. So you're going to go to the kitchen. You're going to make some food. And okay, now you're sleepy because you ate too much. <laughs> you're going to take a nap. Oh, now you got to run errands. After you run errands, you get home. You kind of just, now you're tired. You know, it's been a long day. You want to just hang out, rest. You get a phone call. Talk to your friend for a little bit. And then next thing you know, maybe a relative comes and visits, unexpected visit. Hang out with them. Now your day is done, right? Your day is just done. Oh, man, you didn't get to your lesson. But that's okay because it's been paused. You didn't miss anything. The following day, when you have time, you're going to unpause that lesson and continue it. That is a miasma. It's a frozen light code. Miasma cause distortions that are called miasmic distortions. Those are areas of your morphogenetic template that contain these crystallized, unfinished lessons. There's no expiration date for those crystals. If you accrue enough, the crystals become karmic load. We all have some type of karmic load. We all have quite a bit of lessons that have been paused. Soul, in all its divine knowledge, it allows you to pause these lessons because it knows that divine consciousness is immortal. It's immortal. There's no rush. Your entire lifetime could be the equivalent of an hour-long class. It's just one class. It's not even the entire program. It's literally one day in class from your entire academic career. Once you begin to understand the gravity of how much your soul has experienced, how many people know your soul, I mean, things just don't seem that serious anymore. They just don't because you begin to understand, you know, it's been a lot of things that my soul has been through and I make it through. It didn't change me tremendously. Um, I'm still at my core the same soul that I've always been, just a little more seasoned, <laughs> a little more seasoned. Okay. So these karmic connection connections are just the finishing off of certain lessons from previous lives. Now they can help us learn a lot, but it's going to hurt. There's other ways you can learn these lessons. There really are. What I've learned from my own soul I only need to experience an event so that I can learn from it what I need to learn. Something that I have refused to learn until I am forced to live through it. If I'm meant to learn something about slowing down and, and you know, I refuse to slow my life down, I keep making myself overly busy because that's a trauma response. When you're overly busy all the time, that gives you a very credible excuse uh, justifiable excuse to not work on processing your life, right? So if I don't want to slow down and the only way to slow me down is to make me deathly ill, 
if I learn to slow down, do I still need to become deathly ill? Do I need that? No. I've chosen to now slow down. That was a conscious decision I made. I might not have been aware of that I'm going to become deathly ill if I don't slow down. I'm just choosing to slow down. You know what? I'm finally hearing my soul. I'm finally overwhelmed by all of these karmic connections that have been brought to my life at one time. I need to just slow down. And so I slow down. And then I begin to process life. I begin to digest all of these events. And now I'm really in this introspection phase where it's like, how did I get there? How did these connections occur? Like, why? What was I supposed to learn? What, what, what was it? What did this person come into my life to help me learn? Oh, man, that's what I was supposed to learn? Okay, I get it now. I get it. What else was there? And my soul will help me to learn all the things that I need to learn. And I no longer need to experience all of that. I no longer need to. The most um, difficult one that I've experienced thus far, I mean, outside of my mother's passing, the most difficult karmic lesson that I've learned, I went ahead and I associated myself with a specific individual. This was a few years ago. And man, <laughs> first, I did not want to be publicly visible by myself. It was too much. I need to be publicly visible by myself because that's my purpose. I didn't want to. So I invited this person to join me in my public visibility. <laughs> and it was like a soul tie, very quick bonding. Very, very quick bond, very deep bond. I became very protective of them. Um, I really wanted to support their growth, their learning, just really beautiful intent, right? And then, <laughs> and then they got comfortable. And they began showing me the truth of who they are, what they are. Did not want to see that. So I ignored it. Instead, I made my I made myself even busier, right? And then people from my soul group began reaching out privately. Emmy, <laughs> um, this person is really off. They're really, really off. They're clearly like trying to be you. Over here, still, still in denial, still in denial. To the point where Emmy, um, they're even wearing the same exact shade of lipstick as you now. Um, they're trying to copy your mannerisms. Yep, still in denial. Like, no, <laughs> no, no, they're not like that at all. And then it finally crashed and burned. Finally crashed and burned. And that really devastated me because it felt like I have to be the issue here. I think this is my fault. I don't know what I did, but I think this is my fault. Did I have to go through that? Yes, I did, because I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't learn. I wouldn't allow myself to believe the reality of the person because I was so in love with the potential. I was so in love 
with this beautiful healing potential of the person, not because I could exploit it, but because, oh my God, how beautiful are you? If I can just encourage you, encourage you to drop all your insecurities, I will raise you up onto my shoulders. I will carry you so that you no longer feel small, so that you don't have to be insecure in that way anymore. And what's funny is this karmic connection taught me several things without intending to. <clears throat> First and foremost, I was doing for them what I should have been doing for me, which is raising myself up back to my proper place. And what is that? As your equal, I should not be groveling at your feet. Although I am a servant of creation and I'm here to help people help themselves. Um, at no point was I ever asked by creation to separate myself from the entire whole. So that was something I had to learn in a very painful way. Secondly, <clears throat> this interaction was the driving force of my specializing in the retrieval of information regarding 2M because I wouldn't walk away. There's no way I was going to abandon them. That was the first person that I was connected to that I had to watch be consumed completely by 2M. How close were they to me? Very close. And I had to learn the limitations these limitations are very much dictated by the laws of sovereignty. I cannot, I cannot remove this without your consent. That was so devastating for me. Because I removed it the first time. The first time I detected it, I removed it. They begrudgingly allowed me to. Because I was like, I distinctly remember I was in an airport bathroom. Oh my God. What is on you? Texting back and forth in an airport bathroom. What's on you right now? There's something on you. Like, oh, no, 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 it's not on me. And I'm like, girl, there's literally something drilling into your head. Oh, uh, and I said, can I remove it? And they were like, um, sure, I guess. I mean, if you want to. And I should have known then. I should have known then what this lesson is, is respecting someone else's sovereignty. And then when they were breached again a few days later, that kicked off one of the most intense trauma-induced accretion cycles of my life, outside of my mother passing. Outside of my mother passing. It was so difficult. It was so difficult. It was this thing of not only were they consumed, they then made it a point, made it their life mission to go behind my back to the people who I told to trust them. Emmy's evil. She's just jealous because now I'm powerful. I'm more powerful than her. So she's making it all up. Making what up? 2M? I made that up. I didn't make that up. And that shut me down so hardcore that it slowed my life down tremendously.
And then uh, I would say about six months later, my mother died. That was the icing on that cake. Yeah. Yeah. Being already ridiculously fractured by that karmic connection. And then having my mother pass like six months later at the height of just so much unnecessary drama that I refused to respond to because I didn't want to address my life. I didn't want to address what I allowed. So then my life came to a screeching halt. Screeching halt. That was several years ago. I'm barely now um, finding center again. I'm just barely finding what my new baseline is. Karmic lessons are difficult. I no longer feel betrayed by that person. That person was never a friend. They were opportunistic when it came to me because I told them through my actions, not only is it okay, I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you. We have to be careful of the way in which we pre-program the connections we have with other human beings, if we're not aware of what the soul connection is, and then we add into that mix, um, teaching them a dynamic that's so detrimental to us, that's a fast way to accrue quite a bit of karmic load that might be past life-based. It might be based in this life. You're starting a new karmic load, a new soul tie. We don't know. It's time that we really begin to assess what our connection is with other people, not so we can neatly label them, but so we can understand some of the limitations and the potential lack of longevity that they will have in our life. I mean, this person, I was absolutely committed and loyal to this concept I created for myself, where we are the trifecta. <sighs> trifecta? There was no trifecta. <laughs> I was carrying everything. There was no trifecta. The trifecta was me, myself, and I. Dragging these two along with me like, I don't want to go by myself. You got to come with me. There's a lot of things we don't want to admit to ourselves. Soul connections are very difficult. They challenge us to exit what we are comfortable believing, acknowledging. So then comes the most uncomfortable connection, the twin flame connection. It's believed that twin flames are your other half, right? That you're cleaved from the same shard and it's one shard and it's cut down the center. And so now it's two shards. And now I'm missing a piece. I'm missing my other half. You're whole in yourself. Twin flames enter into this life whole beings. You are not missing another half. There is a perfect mirror that exists outside of you, who has this powerful capability of helping you to experience yourself outside of yourself. But they are not a missing half. They are not a missing half. 
Okay. You are complete within yourself, much like, um, identical twins or even fraternal twins. They're not missing half of them. You're not a Siamese twin where, you know, you might be missing a lung because your twin has both the lungs and you're just, you know, piggybacking off of their respiratory system. No, it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. You are both fully formed, okay? So this connection is a very deep one. Very, very deep one. Um, there's different types of twins. You have quite a few dark twins, twin flames, um, you have, you can find quite a few of those. If you allow yourself to really be open to observing, you can absolutely find quite a few of those. Um, a twin ray, that one, that's an identical twin. Usually people only have one. Usually people only have one twin ray. You are identical twins. You share one amniotic sac. That is a core shield, a core membrane. You're both in there. You cannot kick them out. You cannot extract them. There is no cord to remove. That is a twin ray. Um, that one is a very difficult connection because they they mirror you on a much deeper level than, than a, a twin flame. On a much deeper level than a twin flame. Okay. So dark twins, um, they feel like a twin, but there's something about them that is just, I don't know, it, it drains you. They're not intending to, but they drain you. It's this thing of when they come into your life, it's almost like everything just goes to poop. Everything, just all your opportunities, and it's not something they're doing. It's something that is caused by their presence, by their proximity. Typically, your dark twin, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I was very close with my dark twin, and um, I noticed a lot of opportunities. A lot of my harmony became disharmonic. Opportunities disappeared, and they were always just so negative in their mindset. You know, it's just like nonstop is nothing but drama for you. I remember having this conversation with him. Like, Twinny, it's nothing but drama for you. <laughs> I was just blunt. I was blunt. Like, it's nothing but drama for you. When are you going to be sick of the drama? Like, can't you choose something else? And they were convinced they couldn't. And that irked me because then it's like, well, then why am I around? <laughs> because... You're messing up my entire harmony in my life. Like, I can't, I can't do that with you. You know, like, I'm good. Uh, they're not a bad person. They're not at all. They even came and hung out with my family. Um, yeah, we had like a, a, a sleepover in the living room. All of us just slept in the living room. <laughs> it was fun. Um, yeah, he, he got along real well with my husband. But he is just dark. He brings darkness everywhere he goes. He's not a bad person. But he's a magnet for struggle and strife. Do I need that in my life? No, I don't. 
So this whole like talking every day just to see if he's okay. And no, I'm good. I'm really good off of that. Once in a while, if I haven't talked to him in a very long time, um, we will message and be like, hey, let's catch up. And that's fine. We'll catch up. But I go back to my life. Okay? To my life. Now, the twin flames, um, you can find quite a few of these. These are the ones that are not necessarily negative, but they're not necessarily needing to be romantic with you either. Okay? This is someone who you could definitely become enchanted um, drunk off of their energy. And, and that's one of the things with, with twins, they get drunk off of each other's energy and presence very easily, very, very easily to the point where you'll forget about all the other things that you need to consider, that you need to take care of, that you need to focus on. You'll find that after several hours on the phone, you're like, holy crap, we've been on the phone several hours. I need to get going. Okay. Their, their energy is very intoxicating. The twin Ray, Annie, that's what a monadic twin is. They come from the same monad. That's what it is. That's what I call a twin Ray. Um, the twin Ray is something that there, there's just this hardwired telepathic connection, um, they might not, and you might not be aware of how to use it, but you just know things. You just know things. Whether you're in contact or not, that, that connection never goes away. The twin flame connection, that can kind of become ignored. Um, it's not as prominent. It might seem like it is until you actually come across a twin ray that you'll you'll know there's a huge difference between those two types of connections that monadic twin uh oftentimes your life history before they come into your life um it's almost like they're they're almost perfectly mirrored almost perfectly mirrored and that becomes a very interesting thing i found that with twin rays uh for any given topic you're either exactly the same or polar opposite. There's no in between. So for example, um, do you like chocolate? Both of you, yes, absolutely love chocolate. Okay, do you prefer to be warm or cold? You like to be warm, they like to be cold. They're just polar opposites. And that's what I found with twin rays. It's, it's either you're exactly the same or you're polar opposites. For me, I can become combative and confrontational. If you trigger me just right, especially in person, I'll consider it. <laughs> I can be very combative and very confrontational. Um, my twin Ray, not at all. Like, no, it's not worth it. Don't even bother. Just don't. Don't start stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What do you mean don't start stuff? <laughs> yeah, no, I could totally become combative. Like for me, it felt justified. For them, it's like there's never a justification. Just be peaceful. Chill out. Okay, I guess. So it's not like you're going to be exactly the same all the time. 
it's this thing of being able to see a part of you that you're not able to recognize inside you. That example that I gave, I couldn't see the part of me that was peaceful. That was still during a period where I was in the process of letting go the need to consistently show up for every single battle that I'm invited to. Every single battle that I'm invited to, I would seriously consider showing up just to show you like, I'm not weak. You can't mess with me. But isn't that a form of weakness? That other people can control you in that way, that they have the power to trigger you into behaviors, that you feel disrespect who you are and who you're becoming. And that's what I learned in that one very short message. That's what I learned like, oh, I don't have to fight with everyone. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't. Okay, I'll just be quiet then. Um, that situation had to do with being in the presence of someone who made it very clear to me, like physical presence. They made it very clear to me that they were very uncomfortable around me and that they were afraid of me. And that was a period of my life where it was like, I'm very, very quiet. I'm not publicly visible. So people don't know my, my attitude. I'm very, very quiet and very demure in real life. And she still approached me in that way. So it was like this thing of, why are you scared? Are you planning to do something? <laughs> you know, because that was my logic. Like, well, if I've never even spoken to you, why would you be afraid of me? And the only time people are afraid of me is if they are worried that I'll find out what they're plotting against me. We don't have to live that way if we don't choose that way. I didn't know there was any other option because that's literally how I was raised. I didn't know there was any other option until I came across my twin Ray who was just like, why even say anything? Just leave it. That's basically her problem. That's not your problem. Just leave it alone. I'm like, what? I don't have to say something. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't have to say anything. And it's this thing of you don't understand the options that are presented to you until you come across someone who can show you that there's another way to be. Not because how you are is not enough, but because who you are deserves so much more peace, so much more um, harmony, so much more than what you're willing to give yourself. How much have you given up of you simply because you didn't know that you didn't have to? The soul ties will not let you know that you have an option to say no. The soul partner will love you through your process. They'll allow you to choose whatever you want to choose for yourself. They will not interfere with your learning. And they'll be there if you, if you fall, if you harm yourself. Uh, your emotions, I mean, by choosing what you choose, they'll be there to help you, help you process. They'll hold that space. The twin, oh, Lord, the twin will reflect right back to you exactly who you are and where you're at in your journey. 
it's a crazy thing to be able to see yourself existing outside of yourself. It's a very, very crazy experience. <laughs> it's a really crazy experience. I remember, I don't remember what the conversation was about, but I remember getting irritated one time because um, the person that I assume is my counterpart was not being rude, but there was something in, 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 in what they wrote, which I don't remember anymore. But it was this sense of like, I could feel it's almost like a sense of entitlement, like because they said it or requested it that I needed to comply. And I remember firing back real quick, like, do you realize if I'm really your counterpart, like how would it go over if I told you what to do? And then they immediately they're like, yeah, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember what it was. I don't, I, I wish I remembered what it was, but I got irked because it's like, you, you're not going to tell me what to do. <laughs> you're just not going to tell me what to do. I don't care who you are. You're not going to tell me what to do. And they didn't quite grasp it. It wasn't an argument, but I could tell they could hear and feel what I was thinking. And all I had to say was, you know, trying to imagine if I did that to you, would you do what I'm telling you to do? And that was it immediate apology because I'm vaguely aware that there was something being communicated in that moment that was not on messenger. That was something like thoughts were being transmitted to each other. I think they were testing boundaries, to be honest. I think they were testing boundaries and they wanted to see if this, this was something where they could get their way. I, I'm assuming they're accustomed to getting their way um, and I was like, no, you're not getting your way, <laughs> please. If I don't let my husband get his way like that, you're not getting your way like that. Get out of here with that. <laughs> See, my husband is a soul partner. That's why I can grow so beautifully and so in such a protected manner. Um, that's why I don't have any fear of being shattered by life. Like, you know, this is someone who... Yeah, I have been shattered many times, many times. And at no point has there ever been this wavering of like decision to assist me in my putting myself back together. There's no like reflecting of me and my toxicity. There's just he is who he is. I am who I am. He'll love me through anything. And having that type of connection has been so healing and so empowering for me. It wasn't the twin connection. The twin connection was profound, absolutely. It helped me to see so much about me, my behavior, my life, my trajectory. Um, had nothing to do with a romantic thing. It had everything to do with I had blinded myself from my own gravity. I had blinded myself and you guys might be like, well, if your husband is a soul um, partner, a soulmate, how come he didn't tell you? Oh, he did. <laughs> he did. He does. He has consistently. Well, then why did I need to encounter uh, a twin Ray? Even if it was just a few weeks, I think it was like a month that we were interacting and then that was it. Um, well, because because 
your girl is logical. I'm like, well, if this man loved me so much, obviously he's going to tell me everything that's nice and good, right? Oh my gosh, he's going to tell me everything nice and good. And and because it's because he loves me. It's not because it's true. You know, it could be he could just be saying these things to make me feel better. Mm -mm. It was hard for me to accept. He's actually telling me the truth. Like to this day, we've been gosh, we've been married. Uh we're working on 20 years married. That doesn't include the years we were just dating. Uh, and he's to this day, he's still like, you're so hot. <laughs> you're so pretty. You know, he tells me things like that. He still compliments me to this, not because he has to. It's this thing of I could tell he's just overwhelmed by my beauty. <laughs> I'm joking. No, he's just overwhelmed by whatever it is that... Um, He's thinking and feeling towards me in that moment. And that's why he says something. And it's it's almost like now, after how many years, I can finally get to this place of, he's not just telling me things to make me feel better. He's not. These are he, He's actually speaking the truth as he knows it to be. And it took me being confronted by me existing outside of myself through the presence of my twin ray uh the proximity of that even though like we never spoke on the phone i literally don't even know what his voice sounds like um you know that proximity helped me to understand the gravity of my husband sometimes that's that's why these people come into our life Simply to help us understand the gravity of the people who are already in our life. There's a gravity to that. Yo, I don't know why people think a twin flame is the end-all be-all in romantic relationships. Not to, not, not, not to make my counterpart or any other twin that I've come across feel less than, but I can't be in a relationship with me. <laughs> I mean, now maybe I can, maybe I can hang out with myself, you know, but that's taken a very long time for me to get to a point where I can appreciate myself, my attitude, um, the way I now do like me before now, gosh, I would not want to be in a relationship with myself. Are you kidding me? Do you know how difficult I'm? I'm a difficult person to be in a relationship with. My expectation is redonkulous. It's just redonkulous. Whatever I expect of myself, which is a lot, the overperforming, overworking, over everything, I expect that of whoever my partner is. I absolutely expect that. And you can't be like, oh, you're just so demanding. No. No, it's because I expect that of myself. So what's so unfair about that? It would be one thing if I don't do all of that myself, then yeah, no, I can't expect that from you. But if I operate at that degree, yeah, hell yeah, I can expect that from you. That was my logic, you know? And I'm sure that's probably very similar to the logic of all the counterparts that I've come across. One of my counterparts, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Uh, oh my God, I'm so proud of him. 
He was featured in Forbes. <laughs> he was featured in Forbes magazine. You know, it took him a year to, um, from start to Forbes, it took him about a year. He, he went out on the limb. He, he took a huge, huge risk, huge risk, went to a completely different country right as the pandemic started. Whew. Mm, there was nothing guaranteed. And he presented himself to all of these massive companies. And, and I was like, no, you got this. You're doing it. You got this. And then he chose to do it. <laughs> he chose to do it. And then, you know, I don't keep in touch with people much. He messages me about a year later, sharing with me that he's just been featured in Forbes magazine. Ah! <laughs> to me, that's amazing. Like I can celebrate your success, but see, that's the thing. He had to sacrifice basically everything in order to be able to do this, to create this opportunity for himself, to create this situation where he is now experiencing a level of success that is admirable. He basically did for himself what I did for myself, except marketing edition. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. It's ridiculous. I'm just so proud of him. It's ridiculous. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's like he knew and I knew we're, we're both like overachievers, overgivers, overachievers. Like, yeah, he knew and I knew like I, I, I we made each other's acquaintance on social media. It's always through so social media. So um, with this counterpart, uh, he came to one of my live streams. His higher self had instructed him basically um, to start looking for spiritual things, AKA me. <laughs> and then he came across one of my live streams or something. And immediately I was like, there's someone in the audience. I can feel it. I can feel it. There's someone who is, and I'm looking through the comments. Uh, it was on Instagram and I'm looking through the comments and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to give you a reading. And that's how things kind of, uh, how we made each other's acquaintance. And, and then we had interactions here and there. And, um, it was just one of those things where it's like, I already know who you are. I know who you are. And I remember we were going to do a project together and he asked me, so what, what does it mean that I'm, I'm a twin flame of yours? And I was like, not a damn thing. He's like, oh, oh, so I don't need to do anything. No, it's just like realizing you hold that type of gravity in my life, but no, you don't have to do anything. There's nothing you need to do. And he was just like, okay, so like, I don't need to be on live streams with you. And like, you need to tell people who I am. I'm like, no, unless you want me to, at which point, you know, all the people who do witchcraft on me, they're going to do it to you. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, no, I'm good. I said, okay, so you don't got to do anything. It's just the fact that we both know there is a depth to that connectivity and that if you ever need anything, let me know. If you ever need something, let me know. And I know if I ever needed something, I could reach out and he'd be, he'd be able to support me in some way. And that's it. Like we rarely ever talk. And that's that. There was no question of like, so wait, 
are we supposed to be in a relationship? No, <laughs> not at all. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. You were brought across my path because you're ready for something. For what? I don't know. I don't know. But you're being prepared for something. I distinctly remember having that type of conversation where it's like, you're being prepared for something, you know, because he had asked me, like, so what? what is it that I need to blah, blah, blah? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it's to do with me or if it's to do with you. But he took that risk. It was a massive, massive risk to go abroad and then to choose to stay abroad as all the countries were locking down. Because he went a month before pandemic started. And I was like, well, you're going to choose what you're going to choose. But why are you going to choose it? You're going to go home for what? Because if you're going to say that it's, you know, you need to be there for your family, what, what what's that going to do? <laughs> Everyone's still on lockdown. But what do you think you're going to do when you come home? Not telling you not to come home, but like, what do you think you were going to accomplish if you came home? And then they made a decision to stay. And that more than paid off. That more than paid off because literally the next time, the next time we communicated, um, yeah, it was to share that he'd been featured in Forbes. I think it was like CNN, Fox News, and, and there were four links that he sent me. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> see? Good job, good job. But that's the thing, and it's important for me to share these types of um, experiences with twins because, I mean, I don't think it would have been a healthy thing if I had tried to make it into something romantic. Like, no, no. Your toxicity paired with my toxicity, a reflection of each other's toxicity, that's not going to work. That is not going to work because when I go full toxic mode, I completely shut down. You're not having a conversation with me. There's no progress that's going to be made. It's just a matter of you letting it ride all the way through and it's either going to stop on its own or I'm going to build up enough momentum to actually do whatever I was thinking I should do to you. <laughs> hey, Pisces, right? Pisces. That's a Piscean thing. And it's, it's this very deep realization that the people who are brought to me in my life, the ones who stand out, there's a soul connection there. There's a soul connection that exists. Does it matter what the label is? Or does it matter more that you are healthy for me? I am healthy for you. In each other's proximity, we can grow. We can blossom. We can bloom. We can encourage each other to find the courage to self-heal. The counterpart that I was talking about that got featured in Forbes, um, I remember, you know, because it was around the time where that, you know, quote unquote friend um, did all that and the 2M stuff that I shared earlier and I wanted to shut everything down. And he was like, why would you do that? 
He's like, because it's just nonstop like this. Anyone I come across, it's always like this. This is how it ends up. And he's like, well, what if it ends up that way because you keep trying to make them be something they're not? What? <laughs> I was like, what? What do you mean? And he helped me to understand, like, you know, maybe you're the only star in that equation and you keep trying to bring them up to space with you. And they choke. Oh. Possibly. Possibly. Because although we are all made of stars, not all of us have a place among them. Some of us are terrestrial, meaning we will be very grounded in this life and we are here to simply exist in a human existence for as long as we're human to learn and experience whatever we're here to learn and experience. And there is no need to be publicly visible and, you know, trying to force someone to be an astronaut when they're a land lover. How painful is that? Forcing someone to learn how to love an angel when they have no idea what angels are. How could they ever hold you in the proper regard? They can't. If they have no capacity or willingness to begin the process of understanding the gravity of you, what are they doing sitting at your table? And this is not about just keeping people around for the benefit, how they can benefit you. No. This is about having a type of love that's so profound that you would encourage them to recognize they too have wings. Stretch out those wings and prepare to fly, even if it's away from me. As long as you soar, I'll celebrate you. All of your soul connections need to have some type of spiritual, soul-based compassion, not just for self, not just for the person, but for you and your dynamics, both of you and your dynamic. Sometimes we come across people who are just there to bring an awareness to something that is really difficult to be aware of, really, really difficult to be aware of. For some of us, you're meant to have a soul connection with another person and you might, you might have been allowed to see them in dreams, sense them, their energy in dreams for quite some time before they come across your path for quite some time. Um, my twin Ray, um, I've been shown his eyes and hair since I was a small child. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> who, who keeps being shown to me? And then I do know that um, I would say about a year and a half before they reached out to me. Um, and they didn't realize it was me. They, they, I was trying to do dream interpretation for them. Um, I was trying to do some dream interpretation work for them and they were telling me that they kept being shown, um, someone and they gave the description and I'm like, are you joking? <laughs> I 
are you joking? Or like, are you trying to, what, what are you doing? Like, I don't get it. And um, they're like, well, you were asking about dream interpretation. It was basically a description of me, but like my face is obscured. They, they've never met me in real life. So they don't know that that's a description of me. And um, I very rarely post selfies, especially back then. Very, very rarely would I post selfies. And so they had no idea that this was the color that I like literally wore every single day. Um, I always have uh, an undershirt on underneath whatever I'm wearing, like a tank top. And it was that specific color tank top every day. I wore it every day because I had like so many of them <laughs> in that color. For some reason, it was just that color. And I started wearing that color maybe maybe like six months before I even made their acquaintance. So there was no way that they would know that. There was no way. So sometimes you're shown just so that when you have an attitude like mine, <laughs> where you are avoidant to that degree, um, you're shown these things so that it's almost like predictive programming. So you won't be so quick to push them away before they can trigger the learning that needs to be triggered, okay? So signs you've met a soulmate and then I gotta get going. You feel something about them so deeply, you might not be able to put your finger on it, but you cannot deny this feeling you have every time they're near. Your internal chaos suddenly goes quiet with them. Like the world sits still, you know? You'll still have chaotic things happening, but in their presence, um, it's just a peacefulness. It's like everything is paused. They enter your life at the right time. You may have met them previously, but barely interacted. This time you've connected very deeply and they feel like the missing piece to your puzzle. Your connection quickly becomes so intense, your emotions and pain become intertwined. What happens to you, they feel. And not in a way that's like, like a twin. It's more like this empathy, like, I can't believe someone would want to hurt you that way. Like, you're amazing. Why would they do that? You know, um, your paths appear to be heading in the same direction and life flows effortlessly. You know each other's shadow parts and do not feel the need to judge each other. You see each other's space as sacred and encourage each other to be free either intentionally or by simply holding space until they return. There is no trying to own them. There's no toxic jealousy, comparison, or competition. You may not agree on everything you, and you each feel each other's happiness is more important than being right. You know, like you, you guys might have a little bit of disagreement, but it's like, it's not worth it to fight. You know, their touch makes you feel as though you're being healed. Like it makes you feel when they hug you, it makes you feel like even your heart is being hugged. You know, um, one of the things that I, I notice for soulmates, it's, it's this very common experience that when they hug you or when you think of them, the beauty of their presence in your life, it makes your heart feel something. And oftentimes it makes you even like, just close your eyes for a moment. Like, yeah, no, they're amazing. They're amazing. These people, you have to cherish them. You have to cherish them and make them feel as welcome in your life for as long as they're with you. Some soulmates will not stay forever. Most will stay for a long period. 
but some are there for a brief, a brief time. Okay. Um, so signs you've met a karmic gosh, your connection and experiences with them seem to be a lot of repeating patterns. There seems to be minimal to no growth between the two of you, regardless of the amount of time you've been consciously connected to each other. Think of the song, um, X factor X factor by Lauren Hill. That's what I think of when I think of, um, when I think of the karmic connections, it could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. Oh, karmic connections. I'll, I'll tell you, I got some hashtags for that. I'm not going to say it in this podcast. So <laughs> they try to control several or most aspects of your life. The way you think and your perceptions are often corrected by them, leaving you feeling very unsure of yourself. This eventually leads to you feeling consumed and becoming dependent on them. They are selfish in their expectations of you. Their needs seem to always come before your own. They demand you to invest your time and energy into them more than they are willing to invest into you. See, this sounds narcissistic, doesn't it? It sounds very, very narcissistic. It felt like your meeting was destined. You had an instant connection that felt very deep and very addicting. Because of this, you're committed to doing whatever it takes to make this work, no matter what you have to sacrifice. No, healthy love, real love will never ask you to sacrifice anything. Never ask you to sacrifice anything. You experience things that make you feel overly exposed and that all your flaws are revealed. This may be due to the volatile nature of the person or the connection. The volatility often begins with irrational expectations, exacerbating your fears and pushing your buttons in order to have control over you. That's called gaslighting. <laughs> These connections do not last no matter what you give up or do to make it work because eventually they get tired of you and they move on to greener pastures. Some of us will not have the courage to let go of this type of connection. Others of us, we just really, we're just done. And we're not there for that no more. And that's okay. If you don't have the courage to let go of this type of connection, don't worry. Eventually, they'll let you go. And when they do, make sure you lock that door. When they exit, close the door and lock it so they can't get back in. Once they're out, keep them out. There was something Michael had me write before I go. I'll give you guys this one last bit of poetry. <laughs> Written by moi. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oops. What I was doing was the thing that was hurting me. It wasn't that people are users or evil. It was me refusing to honor the guidance from within me. I kept inviting back in the people who failed the first time they tried to destroy me and my life. Instead of leaving them alone after my life removed them, I sought them out to let them back in. And that, that was when they got the chance to do to me what my life and intuition stopped them from doing the first time. I'm still learning to let what life removes remain removed. I'm learning my leaving is not mean, but rather it's my soul saving me from the pain I don't need. Mm, I'm just saying. I realized I was expecting my heart to live in other people. 
I couldn't understand why someone would hurt another. I couldn't believe that people could do the things that I know they did. I guess I just needed to know the world still has goodness living within it, as though my life, my heart, and my love were not valid enough to count as proof, proof of the goodness of the world. You're looking for something outside of you that already exists inside of you. Final poem. Loving you taught me how to love myself. Love yourself to choose your growth. Soul connections that are meant to last a lifetime will no matter what you do. No matter how much you try and sabotage, no matter what trauma response is active, soul connections that are meant to last a lifetime will. There is nothing the human can do to override that. Just like soul connections that are meant to be for only one season can never go beyond what that season is. And nothing you do can ever override that. So this has been a very intense talk. You guys, comment, comment, comment. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know how this is helping you to process your life. Let me know what you'd like for me to talk about next week. I'm live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for the Soul Sanctuary podcast. We're here on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We are across all social media and podcasting apps. Look for us, the Soul Sanctuary and Soul Sanctuary 23. With that, for those who are members of Patreon, Please quickly go over to Patreon. Look for my most recent post. I have a live stream waiting. It's going to be going live in eight minutes. We're going to continue this conversation over there. You guys can ask me all the questions you want. <laughs> you can ask me a whole bunch of questions. You can let me know what you're going through. And maybe, maybe if it's meant to be, we'll help you find a solution together. We'll help you find how to navigate this very, very challenging period of your life. Challenging is not the same as impossible. Things that challenge you, start seeing them as invitations to rise. That's how I see them. And whenever something challenges me, I remind myself, ah, life says it's time to level up. All right, let's get leveling. So from the deepest depths of my heart's oceans, I love you guys very much. Please head over to Patreon, sign up. There's still time for you to join me for the, the next live stream. It's going to be in seven minutes now. The link is already in Patreon. Only members on Patreon will be able to see it, okay? So if you want to go check out Patreon, the link is in the pinned comment of this live stream. I'm going to see you guys again later. Love you. Bye.